we're going to be coming out of the book of 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, is our main text, 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. I'm only going to do audio this morning because um, I want us to all sit down and hear God's word so that we can get understanding. Let's pray. Blessed Father, our God, in the name of Jesus, Father, I speak blessings over this house and the people that love God. We just thank you this morning. And Father, we thank you for the blessed day of the sunshine and the crisp air. Father, we thank you for the springtime weather. Father, there are so many things that we can be thankful for. And there are so many things that we should be thankful for. And Father, we want to say right now that we want you to come into our lives right now and show us that which we all need to do. Father, I pray and I ask in your Son Jesus' name that you will continue to help us and that you will continue to bless us and that you will continue to keep us in the mighty hand and in the mighty grip of the almighty living God. And in doing so, we know that after it's all done down here on this earth, in this life, you will say to us, well done, my good and faithful service, servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Now, come on up and I'll make you ruler over many. This is our blessed hope in eternal life, dear Jesus. And as I lift up this congregation before you, Father, I ask, Lord, that you bless each and every one of us in the will of your perfection. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. 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 We, are, we are very thankful that, that, that God is in this house working in our behalf and helping us in the various ways that he would help us in. Thank you, Chief. It's a great morning to be here. We're going to be dealing with the art of giving this morning. And don't let that word giving scare you. Because we're going to go and we're going to deal with some situations this morning biblically that's going to teach us and it's probably going to challenge some of our uh, first truths, as we call it, some of our religious views about the way things should be or the way things are. As always, anybody that knows me, they know that I show them in the Bible, straight from the Bible, because that is the authentic word of God, correct? Amen. And if you see it in the Bible, and if you're a Christian, then, as it is written in the Bible, we should learn to conform to it and not try to twist it into some other way that we've been taught, correct? Amen. In other words, we should take the Word of God as it is. If the Word of God says Jesus Christ is the Savior of all mankind, end of discussion, right? It is what it is. There is no... There is no prophecy in that. That's just straight truth. Some things are just straight truth. Now, let's talk about this art of giving. First of all, let's go to John 3.16. John 3.16 is a most familiar passage. For God so loved, he just didn't love, but he so loved the world that he gave, take note, he gave we're talking about the art of giving. Because I promise you, I'm going to challenge your theology this morning. So, when Jesus came on the scene, and when Jesus began to do that, which is equitable in our life, then things changed. There was a shifting, a paradigm shifting not only in the universe, but also in the earth. Now, I bid you that the earth and man is still trying to catch up to that paradigm shift. I, I, I bid you that. But nevertheless, it still is as is. 
is true. There's been a shifting, a shifting of what? From the old to the new. From the Levitical priesthood to the Judean priesthood. That's the one of Christ. See, there's been a shift. We're going we're to go and we're going to bring this thing up for you and show you and give you some understanding on why your giving hasn't projected the harvest and brought forth the manifestation of the harvest. Anybody ever gave, but it just ain't seem to be working out? You don't understand? Because you've been doing it in the wrong way. And it's not really your fault, yet though it is your fault. I say it's not your fault because of the way we've been taught, but it is your fault because the Bible says, study and make yourself a fool. As a word that needed not to be a shame, but one that is able to rightly divide the word of truth. Second Timothy 2.15. So God so loved the world that he instituted a thing called the art of giving. He gave. Okay? Gave. Remember that word, gave. It's not a bad word. It's a good word. Somebody say it's a good word. Please say it's a good word. Giving. God gave us his best. Now, you've heard that people tell you to give without expecting anything back, right? Don't you do that. When you give, you give expecting. You see, when God gave his only begotten son, God expected a harvest of souls from it. Don't ever go giving without expecting. Okay? Because if you do, then guess what? You probably won't get nothing. Because you didn't go in the right spirit. So don't be ashamed when you do your part with God to ask God for his. Or expect from God what he said he would get. He said that his thoughts of us are peace and they are not evil. And he's given them to us to have an expected end. That means you've got to expect. Something. That's right. From this. This thing is deeper than just coming here or whatever. So you've got to come expecting something. If you don't expect nothing, ain't nothing gonna happen. You see, when I buy seeds and I plant them, yeah, I know the birds eating some of them, but I also know that something's gonna come up. Because when I sowed, when I gave the ground, I don't know if you didn't hear me, I said, when I gave the ground. Come on. The seed. I expected a harvest. When God gave this ground called man, because he made man out of the dust of the ground. When God seeded this ground, God expected a harvest from it. Are you with me? So God, he so loved the world that he instituted this thing called the art of giving. And in that order of giving, everything changed. Everything was brought from under a thing called the law into a thing called grace. Follow me. The Word of God. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians, the ninth chapter. Let's go to the tenth verse. Let me know when you get that. Amen. The 10th verse says, now, right now, somebody say now. Now Now means now, right? Now he, God, that ministers, which means to supply seed to the soil, both ministers bread for your food, and multiply your seed songs, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Three things he does. He gives you food. He multiplies the seed that you sow, and he also increases the fruit of your righteousness. Okay. Hmm. Minister. That word minister means that he supplies us. That word seed there means that he supplies us with his offspring or his nature. Okay? So what God does is, is God, he supplies us through his word and through his spirit with a thing called his nature. Okay? Now, we are to do what? 
He says that when He gives it to us, when He ministers it to us, it's both to minister bread for your food. Look at John 6, 51. God said, I'm going to minister these seeds, this nature of mine. I'm going to minister it to you for it to be your food and to increase the seeds that are sown and the fruits of your righteousness. John 6.51. Who's there? I am. Read it. Somebody read it fluently and loudly. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. If any man do what? Eat of this bread. Now didn't he say he supply seed for your bread, for your food? Mm-hmm. Did he say that? Jesus said, if you eat of him, Ain't that what he said? Yes, he said, I'm the bread, right? Mm-hmm. Did he say, eat of it? Okay. So this word is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus the Christ. When we eat of this word, we partake in the nature of God. Okay? Rule number one. God sows the seed into us so that we receive. We receive the bread by way of eating it. Taking it in, digesting it. Now, that seed is his nature. See, that Bible there that we partake in is the nature of God. And God is trying to transform man into his nature. Because God made man in his image and in his likeness. Which is his image is spiritual because God is a spirit. And his likeness is celestial or heavenly because he's a heavenly entity. Of all power and all knowledge and all wisdom, all everything. Okay? Are y'all with me? Okay. So, God is telling us that first thing He wants us to do is that He's going to supply us with His nature, seed, which comes from Him. He's the one that supplies the seed, the nature of Him. We don't supply the nature of God. Until God gives us His nature and we become like Him. Now, as we become like Him more and more, then we are able, look what we do next. He multiplies your seed song. As we become more like God, we are more qualified to make others more like God. Amen. And to the increase of the seeds that are sown, right? He multiplies the seed that you sow, right? So God is looking for increase. God said, if I'm planting, I'm looking for something. That's right. Larry said, if he's planting, he's looking for something. See, I don't plant and don't look for nothing. That's why I get hot when folks don't want to do right. (laughs) Yeah, I get hot because, see, I'm planting. And what farmer ever planted, Brother uh, Jimmy, and didn't expect a harvest? When you go out on that road planting your time, you expect some dollars, serious dollars. Not no small time, I'm talking about some serious dollars. The man knows well. You got to know your well. If all you ever think that you're a drug addict or an alcoholic or a whore hop or whatever, then that's all you want to be. That's right. That's all you want to be. God said, I'm expecting something. I'm giving you my nature so that you can other make others and qualify others to be like me. So he sowed the seed of his nature to bring more offspring. So he adds more seed. He multiplies the seed that you're sowing. You don't stop sowing once you sow in an area. I told y'all that the other week. You go to another place. Don't worry about that. God had the increase. It's time you get to moving and sowing somewhere else. Because see, he's still multiplying more seed for you to be sown. Amen. So as he worked with you, he's also working with your ability to sow into others. To make them more like God. Not more like you, but more like the God in you. Amen. Okay? Now... In this, we see that God's Word says that it also adds to the increase of the fruits of your righteousness. You see, that multiplying your seed, when we go back to Genesis 1.28, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. 
and replenish. That means to redo the earth. To redo it with what? With his nature of people. Amen. That's what it's talking about. Now, increase the fruits of your righteousness. Well, the fruit represents the same as the nature. It means offspring. See, God wants that to increase the offsprings, the fruits that comes from our righteousness. Because it's got to be a righteous fruit. If the fruit ain't right, then it ain't, it, it ain't the fruit of righteousness. See, see, God is looking for fruits of righteousness. Not just fruits, but fruits of righteousness. Offsprings of righteousness. You can, okay. And Jesus told those hypocrites, them Pharisees, he said, Y'all encompass land and sea to proselyte, to, to, to convert one proselyte. And when you do, you make him the twice child of hell. Twice. See, because their fruits wasn't fruits of righteousness. They were fruits of hypocrisy. But when, when it comes to God and his nature, our fruits are fruits of righteousness. He wants to add to the increase of our offsprings of righteousness, not of unrighteousness. So you see, I did a thing here. I, I, I spoke a word and I put on the sermon.net. I entitled it. I changed the title. I said, uh, an inventory of myself. Got one listener. Been getting 30, 40, 50. Just on that sermon alone. On, on, on that sermon about me. See, nobody don't want to take an inventory of himself. See, see, I made it. Uh-huh. They didn't want that. But if I had been up in there telling them how they going to get this, how they going to get a mate, how they going to get some dollars, how they, you know, I don't know why I don't know preachers be having y'all all running around, falling all on the floor about it. You know what I'm talking about. Mm. Act like you don't know. See, if I'd have been telling me that, then that thing would have been, see, called the blessings of Abraham, okay? I'm talking about giving you something, right? Okay, this got about 150 listeners. Because, see, they're looking, they're thinking God, well, it's a Santa Claus. See, but you see, God got a trick for us. See, see, we keep playing games with God, but we keep getting further and further behind. You see what I'm saying? And then we get mad because others are continuing on. And because we can get, thank you, sister. And because we continuing on, see, folks get angry. They go acting crazy. Then all of a sudden, you ain't their friend no more, but you're the one that was there with them all the time. Like, can I get told another night? He said, well, what is a friend for? A friend is for when you need them, right, Garcia? A friend ain't for you. When, when, when you need your friend, and everybody don't need one, or two, or three. <laughs> everybody don't need one. Now, you believe that. You know, everybody don't need a friend, right? So, so you want to make sure that you got a friend and not somebody that's going to leave you standing when you need the most, young man. Mm -hmm. right. You better know what you're working with. Right. Whatever you're laying down with, you better know what you're working with. Hello? Hello, church. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to be able to finish this. <laughs> All right. Verse 6. Look at it. It says, But I say, He which soweth sparingly, y'all see it there? Shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap uh -huh. bountifully. Mm -hmm. See, John 3, 16, when God gave, God expected, uh, he gave all he had. He gave himself. See, he sold bountifully. He gave it all. That's right. But he gave it all so he could reap bountifully. Because, mm -hmm. see, mm -hmm. I hate to bust the bubble, <laughs> but you hear them talking about these streets of gold, but they don't understand God is a spirit. And what he's trying to do, those are symbolisms. God has no use for you to be walking on streets of gold. You got to understand that the gold is the spirit, spiritual purity of God. See, we'll be pure in Him. 
You're not going to stand up in New Jerusalem if you go in there and you calculate this an actual living entity made up. I might be being too deep for y'all. But did y'all know that we are the timber, the lumber that God is going to use to build the New Jerusalem? It's right there in the book. It's right there in the book. We're going to get there one day. I'm going to teach it to you. I told y'all some stuff that I know in this word that when you're out of here that you got to be from faith to faith to glory to glory. When you come up in here, you ain't going to get it. I don't care what the decent or what it is. I'm going to give you a word from God. I'm not going to give you a fabricated message. When you leave here, you're going to have something. I make it a point to do that. Always. Because I care about you. Your soul's at stake. And your soul are worth more than elementary teaching. Do you understand that? God's word says, in verse 7, that every man, according as he Purposes, verse 7, in his heart. See that? See, he's leaving it up to man now. Amen. So let him do what? Yeah. How? As he purposes in his own heart, right? right? Wait a minute. He's giving free liberty here. Mm-hmm. Not grudgingly or of necessity. That word necessity means that of a commandment of a law. Twisting of the arm. You know how they twist your arm in church? They put that under the law. I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show you what they're doing to you. I'm going to show you what they're doing. Because I want you to be free. I want your giving to work for you. See, I want you to be more prosperous than God has made me. I, I really do. I really do. See, all I want to be is the floor for you to see that God can take a drug addict and put him in places where kings are. Yeah. Yeah, I'm serious. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. Philippians 1. Go to Philippians 1, 9 and 11. Leave that alone. Philippians 1, verse 9 and verse 11. I just want to teach this one. I want to understand what God is saying. Philippians 1, verse 9 to 11. Over there. Look here. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in what? And in all what? So in order for our love to abound, it's got to abound in not and in judgment. See? So that alone lets us know that God wants us to know more. Because God wants us to be able to make the proper judgment call on a situation, all right? That's what he wants us to do. That he may approve things that are what? Excellent. What did I say to you yesterday, uh, uh, Brother Adler, back there? Didn't I speak to you about excellence? Right. You see that word there? See that word. See, a lot of people don't understand that when we come up in here, and whether we're doing praise or whatever we're doing, when we come up in here, we do it with the, we're going toward the, 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 the spirit of excellence. It's all about the excellence of the spirit. That's what it's about with God. And that's what it's about with us. Everybody can't go back. Jesus told you what's going to be but a few. He told you that. The prophet told you, look around next year and see who's going to be here. It's already been told. It's already been told. The wilderness. Look how many dropped in the wilderness. <laughs> look how many of them dropped in this wilderness. Because they didn't grow in knowledge. See, they wanted to stay the same. They weren't ready for change. They, they got comfortable. And I try to tell y'all, God don't dwell in your comfort zone. God got to make you uncomfortable so that you'll continue to grow. If you was in school, when you go to the next level, you learn more. They make you uncomfortable all over again. Oh, y'all right here. There you go. That's how you keep learning. 
What good is it to use the same thing unless you're using it for a basis to go higher? That's right. That's good. It says here that, that ye, verse 10, Philippians 1, verse 10, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Being filled with the what? Fruit of righteousness. Being filled with the nature of God. Which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Now, let's bust this thing called giving open. Let's bust it open. Let's bust it open. Let's go to the Old Testament because we will be back to the New. If y'all bear with me. Numbers, the 18th chapter. We're going to talk about tithing here. 18, verse 24, and verse 26. Do not be afraid of what I'm about to teach you. Because it's the Word of God. That's why I want everybody to be able to see it there, okay? Because some of us don't know that they've been tithing in vain. You showed in the Bible that God wants a cheerful giver. That it's all up to you now, as you purpose in your heart. I'm going to bless you open. I'm going to show you right in the scripture. I don't care what they've been teaching you. I don't care what nobody's been teaching nobody. I'm going to show you what God thinks he's teaching. Is that all right, God? Amen. Y'all want to see what God got to say about it? Do you want to see what God got to say about it? Amen. You say you're the people of God. You claim that's who you are. I'm going to see what you are. I'm going to see. I'm really going to see whether you believe God's word. Look at the word here. What's the first word say there in verse 24? But. The what? Tithe. Somebody say tithe. Of the children of who? Israel. Uh-huh. We say offered as a heed, which is a contribution offering. Unto who? Lord. I have given to the who? What did he give to you? Did he like you inherit? Come on, say it. Do y'all see it? The the, the Levite was the preacher, the minister. All right? Okay. All right, let's get it right. Because they don't show you that. See, they take your little mouth out. They don't take you back and show you the real, real deal. The the tithe, according to his word, he said, was given to the Levites to inherit. Therefore, I have said unto them among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. Anybody know anything about the Old Testament? Know that the Levites was the only one that didn't have no land given to them. That's right. You're right. That's right. Right or wrong? That's right. That's why Paul said in the New Testament that it's no, it's not wrong for me to ask for your spiritual thing. I mean, for your physical thing, because I'm giving you spiritual thing. He got that from the Old Testament because tithe was given as an inheritance to the Levites, the priests, the preachers. You see it in the Bible, don't you? Come on, that word, ain't it? Don't look crazy at me. Like I'm preaching something wrong. I'm preaching straight from this Bible. Now, verse 25 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Thus speak unto the Levites. And say unto who then? When you take of the children of Israel the tithe, which I have given who? He said he gave tithes to them, didn't he? Oh, from them your inheritance. Then ye shall offer up a heave or a contribution offering of it to the Lord, even a tenth part of the tithe. So this is the order under the law. 10% from the people, 10% from the people come to the preacher. Alright? That's the inheritance, according to the word, right? You dread. Then the preacher will take 10% out of what's collected and give it to God. Ain't that what's written now? Does anybody, anybody got any questions? I don't want to go no farther unless everybody understands because, see, I'm trying to get you to a point. Out of under the law into grace. Yeah. What is going to work for you? I'm trying to take you somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to take you somewhere in God. Where, where, where when you plant, you won't be planting in concrete. Because <laughs> if you plant under the law, 
If somebody making you pay tithe, then you planting under the law and you planting in concrete. It ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. I know what I'm talking about because I don't see it in the Bible. Now, the Word of God says, go to Hebrews 7 5. Now we're gonna bust it on over some more. I told you, I'm going to give you a resurrection service this morning. I'm going to resurrect you. Look, yeah. Uh-huh. What's the truth? You need to know the truth. Jesus said it'll set you free. Yes. Hebrews 7, we're going to start at verse 5. And don't be going through some old other old preacher talking about, well, this man talks about this thing. I showed you what was in the Bible. And if you ain't got sense enough to go with what's in the Bible, then, then, then you need to be misled. I'm just going to tell it to you straight. Because, see, I know folk. I know folk. They'll go right back and ask some preacher that don't get up that's teaching that crazy stuff. And they're wrong to their shoes because they still want to think wrong and they still want to be blessed the way God wants to bless you. See, God wants to put you in overflow. Amen. Anybody want to be in overflow? Ah, oh, my cup, brother, right. then get in position. Get in position and catch the overflow. Over there, Hebrews 7, verse 5. Over there? Yeah. Look at what the word says. And verily, they that are of the sons of who? That's the Levites, right? Who received the office of the priesthood. You see it? Say they have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the what? Who in here is under the law? Raise your hand. I can't trick nobody. (laughs) I like that. He says here, very verse 5. They that are of the sons of Levi, those are the Levi priests, came out of the Lord of Levi, who received the office of the priesthood, have a commandment, a law, to take time of people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the Lord of Abraham. Now, look at verse 11. If, if the biggest word in the dictionary. Matter of fact, in the universe. If therefore perfection whereby the Levitical priesthood, okay? For under it the people received the what? And did he not say that under the law they were commanded to take tithes from the people? Under the law? But it says here that. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? In other words, he's letting us know something else is about to be coming to the flesh. The old is about to be done away with. Nothing to bring in something else here. Verse 1. For the priesthood, look here. For the priesthood being what? Change. Somebody say change. change. Say I'm ready for change. change. There was made of necessity a change also of the what? Law. Oh, the Levitical priesthood under the law was changed. Said that it was necessary, right? Yeah. Okay. If it was changed, then what did the priest do? What happened? Go to Revelation one six. New Testament. He said, I made you kings and priests. Now we the priests, okay? Now we don't need another man to make sacrifices for us, okay? Now we ourselves, Revelation 1-6, see, now we are made kings and priests. That's where priesthood is going to now, us, okay? Everybody with All right, all right. Now we're working. Now we're working now. Now remember now, all the time came to the priest. Uh-huh. 
And we're the priests now, right? And what did the priest supposed to do? Give a gift, right? Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, we, now watch the word. Watch, watch, watch the code. Verse 14. Over there. Hebrews 7, 14. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah. Judah means praise. He didn't come out of the, of the, of, of the Levitical priesthood, out of Levi, the tribe of Levi, but he came out of the tribe of Judah, which is praise. But he said, it's evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which the tribe Moses spake nothing concerning the priesthood. Do you see it? Okay. It's plain as a little bit going to be a lane. All you got to do is look. You bound to see it. Am I right? Is it plain? Yes. Amen. The Bible says, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, with stammering lips and a new tongue, will I teach these people. The book of Isaiah. Look at verse 18. Still in 7, because we're just going right on down here, and we're going to deal with this, okay? Look at verse 18. For there is verily a disannulling, that's a doing away, of the commandment, the law, going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. In other words, the law was weak and unprofitable. Mm -hmm. Now, what was tithing in? Law. law. So it was weak and unprofitable too then, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Okay. So God said he'd get away with it, right? Mm -hmm. Right here in his word, he said there was a disannulling of the commandment. For the law, look at verse 19 to bring it out even more. For the law made nothing what? Perfect. Oh. Didn't make nothing perfect, did it? But the bringing in of a better hope then. Uh oh, talking about Jesus. By the which we draw nigh unto God. Jesus came out of the lineage of Judah. Judah means praise. Ain't that how we draw nigh to God? Ain't that what it just said there? So now the priesthood is through praise. That's, what, that's the priesthood. The priesthood has changed. The Bible says that the law was done away with. Now, when you tithe, because you think that it's a command for you to do it, then you under the law. Did you not know that? And how can anything in church, how can it work for you if the law been done away with? And it's out of date. Hold up now. You remember that old phone that used to be about that big when they pulled the cell back? They had a cell phone back then. They big. They looked like helicopter. The Chinook helicopters. They were so big. Y'all remember? You look like a fool walking around right now. We want to invite everybody else that smart. And you walk around like that. Well, that's the way it is, paying tithes under the law. It's out of date. It don't work. You got to get with the new thing. Now, the new thing is this. Let's go back. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, the 9th chapter, verse 6 and 7, and number 2. We're going right back over that again. Second Corinthians, verse six and seven, chapter nine. Second Corinthians, chapter. Are we there? Amen. But I say to you, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He's letting us know. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. See, God is letting us know that with this new responsibility. I'm trying, God said, to grow you up. I'm taking you out from under the law. I'm getting rid of that. And I'm putting you in a thing called grace, which fulfills the law. Now the responsibility is on you, as you purpose in your heart. You see what God did? God put the responsibility. You can preach now. Did you read it? Did you read it? Look at crazy at me. Did you read it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you 
Now you preach. The responsibility is on you now to get it in. Just like the old kid. You see it? So, when it come in, now we're the priest. Now Malachi said, can a man walk? <laughs> now you get your little faith check. Yeah. And you go the other way with it. And you the priest, and you don't do what's been ordained for the priest to do. Oh, God. Do I need to sit down? So we keep it up. Because mm-hmm. we the priest now. Mm-hmm. But the priest take in 200 to get to God. Amen. 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 I don't care what you say. Amen. You the priest. Mark Bill, don't you now? See, it used to be the Old Testament under the law. It used to be under the responsibility of the You get it in, what they do in it, that's up. Now, it ain't like that no more. Now God say now how you purpose in your heart. So let you get. So you get your little money checks or whatever it is you get, however you get it, it makes no difference to me, but I do know this. You the priest, and God say the money that come in, tip of the door to him. Otherwise, you robbing God. And God ain't gonna take life. That's why it ain't working for you. Me and Brenda pay a beyond and above every week. Because I'm not conditioned to pay attention. I'm conditioned at God's purpose in my heart. So I'm always in overflow because I always give more than I suppose I give above and beyond the call of Jesus. Because, see, I figured out how to think. Okay. Figured it out. I tried. But you said, brother, they got me that you. Y'all devils don't mind me and the money y'all got there doing them good. You shut up, baby. They hollering about the church always want me to you just say, let me just tell y'all something. Yeah. He just told me. You was like, when you was out there, you wasn't worried about how much money you was spending, you was spending yours and everybody else. And you just didn't have to go ahead and go. And you wasn't saying nothing. But now, all of a sudden, your creator asked you to do something. And now, you got a problem. I got to take my life here. You wasn't going to be in your life here. When you was out there running all around, and running all around, and all that other stuff. Yeah. 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 You wasn't worried about it. Because you didn't want to come up in the church. The first thing you want to do is hold back from God. You told him right, Rob. You told him right. So... Under the law we give to something that doesn't even exist no more. That's like Cain bringing his offering to God. It's unacceptable. Because I ain't there no more. I get away with that. I gave you a better thing over here. And who is that a better hope? I made you the priest. That means you got responsibility now. Now, what you gonna do? But you always the day late the knowledge show. Why? Check your other one. Check it. Check it. What's most important? Doing it God's way or doing it our way? What's most important? If you really want to prosper. But see, we don't trust God enough. See, we see the money get cut. See, we don't realize that that's the time to give. See, Isaac is shown in the Bible that Isaac sold in Gerard. Gerard is family. The best time that you can give to God is in a family. And you release this thing with And it works. You release this thing with the joy again. See, God's so wonderful. He gave it. To a skinny world with skinny people in it. But he gave it his own reality. He gave it. Gave us his best. And we've got to keep the best. See, we don't priests like Hockney and Phineas. We don't priests that stick that flesh up in there and take the best of the meat. And then give God. Y'all only drill me now. You only drill me now. I told you I'm going to give you a resurrection. <laughs> I'm going to resurrect something up in here. 
Let me give you the word of God. The word of God. Because I want this thing to work for me. I want it to work. I don't want you to be down and out. I want to see God working magnificently in your life. Get in position and trust God. God says that I don't want you giving it. I want you to how you purpose in your heart. That's part of the responsibility of being a priest. How you, how you purpose in your heart now. Because, you see, the law has been fulfilled in grace. Been done away with over here. See, when you give under the law, notice I said under the law. It's a difference between giving under the law and giving in grace. Do you understand that there is a difference? Under means you under subjection. So, do you ever go to a church that's making you pay tithe? Because that don't work. You go to a church that's teaching you to be a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. And then leave it up to the people as to how high they want to go in God and how blessed they want to be because that's the new order. order. Mm-hmm. Most of them won't preach it because they're scared. See, see, the church don't go on regardless. Who leave, who stay, who pay, who don't. You don't pay me. You, you don't have enough money to pay me. And I'm not saying that to hurt nobody feeling, but very few churches around me got enough money to pay me for what I'm worth, for what I do in the world. You know, yeah, I'm bragging on the God in me, because mm-hmm. I know who I am, I know my worth. Mm-hmm. How you going to pay me for what I'm worth? How you going to do it? How you going to pay a man like me his worth? I look at you like you, but I can't be bought like that. So I'm like Paul on the tip, and like I make my own money, and then I give as an example to me. Am I perfect? Far from it. But I'm perfect in trying, because I don't give up. I don't give up. God says how you purpose in your heart. Not grudgingly. See, a lot of us give, but we grudge when we do. So that just cancels it out. Mm-hmm. He said, how do you say not willfully or, or unwillfully? No. Or of necessity. Of necessity. Meaning that you're under the bondage of somebody making you do. That's the law. He said, don't do it like that. And then he said, but will you? Because God loves a, what kind of giver? That's the key right there. That's the key right there. See, that's the point. When you release your money, you got to do it in the spirit of cheerfulness. You got to understand that God loves a cheerful giver. That's the key. That's the difference between under the law and in grace. Because though in grace, and I'm close, in grace there's a thing called a fulfillment of the law. When you sow with a cheerful heart in grace, inside of grace, there's this fulfilling of the law that's like a tornado. Once that thing that you sowed into grace, once it's captivated by the wind of the resurrection of the fulfillment of the law, it takes it up. You, you got to know what I'm saying? That's why it's a difference between under the law and in grace. See, when you sow in grace, it automatically spins it up with, with a cheerful heart. That's the key. If you don't sow from a cheerful heart, don't sow. You might as well go ahead on and drink your money up, smoke your money up, or whatever else you do with your money. You might as well be, I'm serious. Because it ain't doing it ain't doing us no good and it ain't doing you no good. Because the reason I say it ain't doing us no good is because you see, our purpose is to make you better. And if you're not doing things the right in the correct way, then we're better. Right, Pastor? Right, Pastor? Right, Pastor? Huh? 
Right? Remember the gym? We made it, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, our job and our desire for you all is that you can't hope of what we're trying to teach you from this pulpit. Mm-hmm. There is a fivefold ministry coming from this assembly, this local assembly. Every, see, that's why we don't bring folk on with me that God's going to every local assembly, God grows up the fivefold ministry. That's another thing that got all crazy and messed up. I ain't got to find nobody knowing. No, no, I don't know what them folks are going to be No, I know my people. I know what they're going to be teaching my people. You understand? See, God will grow them up right here among us. He grew up the first king, didn't he? He grew up the ministers, didn't he? Huh? He grew up the deacon. He's brought up some more deacon. They ain't there yet. We ain't going to put you there until you get right. But we're going to try you. And then when you decide to get right with this thing, then we're doing what we're supposed to do. So don't get mad. Because nobody don't look your way. It ain't that. Maybe that's the problem. We all look in your way, and you ain't adding up yet. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to add it on you now. I'm playing around now. No, 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 I don't play around. Not here. No, 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 I don't play around here. I tell it like it is. I want you to know when you deal with Doc Manley, Doc Manley is a fool, and Doc Manley believes in order. Yeah. You come up through here, you don't act right in here. What you do out there is on you, but when you come up in here, you got to act right because this is the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Is this what we do? There's too many folks come up in the church acting like they're crazy. And the, and, and the leaders can't let them do it. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. Because you see, you'll hurt the blessing. Mm-hmm. And we work too hard. Do you know how hard it is to deal with folks? Do y'all know what pastors go through? Mm-hmm. Damn it. Mm-hmm. And right when you think you got one going, man. <laughs> I love you all. So you got to be strong in leadership. And I teach my people from day one, don't need, look, look at it. Men, I'm saying this to the men. Women too. But especially the men. Men, I'm quick. Well, I'm here. Men, don't be going through no changes. It's a, it's a sign of immaturity. When you go through changes about who's going to be close to the pastor or not, that's child. Stop that. Grow up. Get your life in order, and God will put you in the place where you're supposed to be. Until then, be patient, be teachable, and be honest with yourself and honest with people. Quit the line. Quit the playing game. Quit playing on the dark side and then coming on the light side. That goes for all of us. I had to, to do it. Same thing I'm doing. I mean, if I got to do it, the next one's going to do it too. They're going to walk with me. Okay? Let's give God some praise. Stand up again, some praise. Come on, come on now.